Welcome to the Labor Force Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Strukin, proud member of New York State United Teachers, celebrating 50 years this year. A new report from Center for American Progress analyzes union membership for households without a four-year college degree, defined as working class. It's no secret, as the report indicates, union membership not only increases wealth for working class families, but also narrows racial wealth gaps and offers a path to the middle class. As a child of working class parents with two younger brothers and our father having been a unionized warehouse worker, this instantly caught my attention. Not only because dad would bring home cookies for us kids in his lunch bag when he came home late from union meetings, but because all three of us grew up to earn college degrees and capture our share of an American dream. It wasn't always easy. We all did our share growing up. We split firewood in the summer and hauled it into the basement in winter. I spent many nights with Dad unloading tractor trailers for extra cash. Both of our parents worked very hard. Mom was a licensed practical nurse, and only the RNs were unionized, but she had to lift patients and endure long shifts on her feet. Now Dad needs canes to walk, and both of them underwent major back surgery. But we had our own bedrooms. We ate healthy meals. We always had new school clothes. We had nice Christmases. And our folks didn't pay a penny for health insurance, being on Dad's union plan. Now that they've had to pay for COBRA, it's a whole other story of cost, of course. It also came down to the difference between being unionized in the warehouse, or at will, and the boss holding all the cards. At will means that an employer can terminate an employee at any time for any reason, except an illegal one, or for no reason, without incurring legal liability. That would have been intolerable and could have risked our family's livelihood. So the difference is clear and very, very consequential. Looking back, it could have been a very different story of real struggle. But instead, it was a foundation that allowed us to achieve and find our success. I'm a teacher, my middle brother is an architect, and the youngest works in a door factory, but with a college education, has advantages his less educated colleagues don't. And we each own our own homes. As for me, I'll be union until I'm no more, and my kids will inherit the benefits, whatever world they encounter when they come of age. The key findings of this report include, working-class union households hold nearly four times as much median wealth, 201,240, as a typical working-class non-union household, 52,221, suggesting that membership vastly increases wealth for working-class families. Union membership helps close the wealth gap between working-class and college-educated households. While the median wealth of working-class non-union households is just 17% that of college-educated non-union households, the median wealth of working-class union households is 67% that of college-educated non-union households. Union membership is tied to large dollar gains for all workers, but working families of color enjoy the largest percentage of gains. White working-class union families hold more than three times as much wealth as working-class non-union households, while black families hold more than four times as much wealth, non-white Hispanic families more than five times as much wealth, and families of other or multiple races or ethnicities have in excess of seven times as much wealth. Working-class families of all races and ethnicities are far more likely to own their own homes when part of a union. 
you can see visuals of these statistics at AmericanProgress.org. The report concludes, Unions offer a crucial means for strengthening the wealth of working-class families and narrowing racial wealth gaps among the working class. Policymakers have made strides in starting to craft policies to create quality jobs for the working class, most notably through the economic legislation passed by the Biden administration as the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the Chips and Science Act, and the Inflation Reduction Act. Still, there is a long way to go to ensure the workers are able to join unions and have access to the many ways by which union members can boost their wealth. Policymakers at the federal and state levels must properly implement these laws to encourage joint labor management partnerships for training and safety, for example. Policymakers should also design industrial policies that benefit all the working class, particularly those who are employed in services. Finally, and most directly, policymakers need to reform labor law to make it fairer and easier for workers to form a union and bargain collectively, and they can start by passing the PRO Act. As the AFL-CIO explains, the Protecting the Right to Organize Act restores the right of workers to freely and fairly form a union and bargain together for changes in the workplace. It is a landmark worker empowerment, civil rights, and economic stimulus legislation and an essential part of any plan to build back better from the COVID-19 pandemic and recession. And to put it simplest of all, the American dream hinges on the collective strength of working people. And today's kitchen table reality is stark and real. As the collective strength of workers to negotiate for better pay and benefits has eroded, the gap between rich and poor has reached levels not experienced since the Great Depression. The result is an economy that does not work, where the vast majority of the people lack the incomes or the economic security to consume or invest. More and more of America's workers want to join a union. A recent study found that nearly half of all non-union workers, more than 60 million people, would join a union today if given the chance. According to The Nation, coming of age during the Great Recession, Occupy, and Bernie Sanders' presidential campaigns, those under 35 overwhelmingly approve of organized labor. 77%, according to a Gallup poll. Coinciding with a more supportive National Labor Relations Board, this wave has had tremendous consequences, with over 2,500 union petitions filed in 2022 alone. I want to give the last word to Jay, a 24-year-old barista from New York. The data shows us young people are, across the board, much more progressive. There's this exposure to bigger union efforts in the news, like Amazon and Starbucks, Maybe this is overly optimistic or shaped by the people I'm surrounded by, but I think there's more pro-union sentiment among these younger generations. But the tricky thing is knowing where to start. We've been told that the world will end and that our conditions will be worse than our parents since we were children. We've just grown up in that kind of world. Why not fight to change it? So thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can find Labor Force on Spotify for podcasters and select a level, starting at just a dollar a month. Also, please share, rate, and review to help others find the show. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care and stay union strong.